As we weather geeks reside in our science world, sometimes we can be critical of how other industries perceive us in the work we do. It can be especially frustrating when one of those circles is our own government, where science can become a polarizing issue on opposite sides of the aisle. When the science is not taken seriously, that can have repercussions not just on lawmaking, but also their constituents that listen to and trust them. Our guest today is on a path to enshrine NOAA into law. What does that mean? Let's talk about it with Representative Frank Lucas. Congressman Lucas, thank you for joining us on the Weather Geeks podcast. It's a pleasure to be with you, and anything that involves weather is important to me. My district and my family for a hundred and some years has lived on the east side of the Rockies and the southern plains. There's nothing more complicated than the weather patterns there. So our work on science committee, it's really important back home, as it is to the country and for that matter the world, Doctor. It, it really is. And I've, I've looked at your your district and I want to give the listeners and viewers of the Weather Geeks podcast a little bit of your background before we dive into the conversation. Uh, Congressman Lucas graduated from Oklahoma State University in 1982 with a degree in agricultural economics. He's a fifth generation Oklahoman. Uh, whose family has lived and farmed in Oklahoma for over 120 years. And I know his district is one of the largest tracts of farm land in this country, not just in Oklahoma. He's first elected to the United States House of Representatives in 1994, and he represents Oklahoma's third district. Now, the question I ask every single Weather Geeks guest, and I'll frame it a little bit differently for you. I usually ask, how'd you become a Weather Geek? But in this case, I'll ask uh, uh, out of respect, how'd you become so interested in weather? Well, again, coming from where I come from, my grandparents suffered through the drought and the Great Depression in the 1930s. My parents were young men and women in the drought of the 1950s. As a farmer, I went through the 2011 to 2014 drought. I have watched, I've been farming, doctor, the same wheat field since 1977, and I'm seeing weather patterns, rain patterns, wind patterns. Things are changing, but that's the nature of the environment we live in. So I have always been very focused. And in Oklahoma, in addition to wonderful resources like the Weather Channel, we also have things in Oklahoma like the Oklahoma Mesonet System. My wife runs the farm at home. I'm here during the week, nine months out of the year. I don't call home until I have reviewed what your friends have said or what I'm seeing on the ground with the mesonet system because it determines my wife's attitude when she answers the phone. <laughs> well, I, I know that Oklahoma mesonet very well. I've collaborated with colleagues there at the Oklahoma Climate Survey and Jeff Passara and some of the various folks that run that network uh, as well. A great resource, as is the um, National Weather Center there in Oklahoma. One of the premier weather oh, yes. states in the nation. And so I commend you in Oklahoma for that research. Now, I want to kind of jump right into it because you have released a draft bill that would take NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, and make it an independent agency uh, within the executive branch. So before we go any further, can you tell the listeners and viewers why where NOAA is currently situated and why you've introduced this bill? Right now, NOAA is attached to the Commerce Department, and there's never been a true Organic Act passed. And for our listeners' benefit, an Organic Act is a piece of legislation that lays out the responsibilities, the requirements for a federal agency or a department or an entity. It is the guiding document. NOAA has not had one of those ever. Matter of fact, uh, NOAA has kind of been a free-floating entity since, uh, well, President Nixon 
in, I think it was 1970, decided to attach him to commerce instead of the Interior Department by executive order. It's rumored that he was mad at his Secretary of the Interior at the time, and that's why he put it under commerce. Now, from my perspective, of course, what NOAA does is so critically important. It shouldn't just be an add-on to somebody's agency because some president was mad at one of his cabinet officials. It needs to be freestanding so that it can uh, focus on science and forecasting uh, predictions. I have been in Congress now 29 years, and I've served under a variety of presidents. And presidents tend to have their own particular political perspective and their own particular environmental uh, perspective also. So having an agency attached to a, to, a, to a cabinet level position appointed by the president, yes, confirmed by the Senate, I would agree. But nonetheless, you tend to, to be subjected to the opinions or the whims of whoever's uh, the president and his or her uh, department head. Now, if you agree with them, that's great. And if you don't agree with them, it's horrible. I want Noah to not uh, be subjected to that kind of influence one way or the other in whatever administration. I want them to be the weather ladies and gentlemen. I want them to be the scientists that they are to their potential. I want forecasting for a few hours from now, a few months from now, eh, decades from now would be great. So that's why I started down this trail with a number of my colleagues in the United States House trying to, in essence, create an organic act that authorizes NOAA and makes them freestanding. Think of NASA as an example. Their space, their low Earth orbit, their high Earth orbit, their off-worlds, they're all manner of things, but it's, it's one focus. I want NOAA to be focused on that. I don't care who the president is but I do care about who Noah is. And and I was going to mention as a former NASA scientist myself, NASA is a really good example for those out there watching or listening. Um, there are several examples of this, NASA being one. Uh, I believe the EPA, is, an, is that also an independent agency as well? I think so. Yeah, so I don't think there's anything. And just the, for a little one-on-one, I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia. I'm speaking with uh, Representative Frank Lu- Lucas from Oklahoma. We're talking about Noah Now, Noah. National Weather Service sits under NOAA. We just had the uh, Ken Graham, the current director of the National Weather Service, on the podcast last week. We've had the recent Hurricane Center director. These folks are doing a service for the nation, and it's a bargain. But as Congressman Lucas has said, uh, it does live within commerce right now. Now, Congressman Lucas, do you envision uh, under, if you do get this through, do you envision anything changing about the way the National Weather Service or NOAA operates? I see no dramatic changes. Now, there's going to be some discussions as the legislation goes through because NOAA, as a part of commerce, has a variety of interesting responsibilities. Are they appropriate for the Weather Service, for NOAA? Should they be at commerce or some other agency? That's an issue we'll, we'll work our way through. One of the side caveats I'd point out, Doctor, is that right now the rough draft is about 22 pages. There are proposals for an organic act that would involve two or 300 pages out there. Oh, no. My view is, I'm an old school legislator. My view is you set up the basic framework. Then as you begin to implement it, you see the issues that have to be addressed. And then you fill in the, the blanks. You add in or take away the responsibilities. 
It might surprise people to know, but there was a time when Congress didn't pass 5,000-page bills. We passed 10 and 20 and 50-page bills, which set up most of the federal government. I think that's the better way to legislate. So I'm kind of proud. 22 pages. There's a lot of committees in this body that couldn't tell you where the bathroom is in 22 pages. (laughs) Well, when we get back, I'm going to ask the congressman a really important question as this starts to move through. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. And we are back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia, and I'm speaking with Congressman Frank Lucas, who represents the uh, one of the largest, if not the largest, district in Oklahoma. Uh, he is also uh, a, a farmer, an agricultural and uh, interest uh, career person, and a longtime legislator representing the third district of Oklahoma. Give you a little bit more of his background. He's the chairman of the House Science, Space, and Technology Committee. He's the longest serving Republican on the House Financial Services Committee uh, and the longest service serving member of the House Committee on Agriculture. So he's someone that's been around the House and he knows the ins and outs. He knows our government. And so uh, I don't think it we should take this lightly at all that he has brought forth this idea of uh, enshrining Noah, if you will, in law. I want to kind of ask a question that was actually asked to me recently by a colleague within the weather field, Congressman Lucas. Mm -hmm. And the question, and I think you've given some of the advantages, but the question was, I want to get a candid answer here. The question is, what are the disadvantages that some critics would say of doing this? Or are there any from your lens? Oh, there is an argument made that if you're a freestanding agency, you don't have a cabinet officer sitting at the table representing you. Uh, And I can appreciate that. But that assumes that the cabinet officer, whatever agency it would be, would put you at the top of the priority list. That hasn't always been the case in the past. Uh, There would be some who would say, I suppose... You have to recreate a bureaucracy to, to, to do what Noah's doing. No, we're talking about taking the enterprise that exists, which, by the way, is a majority of the employees in the Commerce Department, and simply moving them out and giving them their own focus. I would suggest that this would better position the national director of NOAA when it came time to deal with the Office of Management and Budget, OMB, at the White House to make out their budget proposal when it came time to appear before the appropriations committees in Congress. Because remember, this is a two-stage process. I'm an authorizer on the Science, Space, and Technology Committee. We set up the framework. We provide guidance, what the priority should be. We determine what kind of physical resources should be authorized. But the appropriators, the people with the checkbook, write the check every year. I personally believe this would put NOAA in a better position to work through that appropriations process. Uh, And I hope to find out. And by the way, I would note, Dr. Marshall, I am a person of great determination and patience. I have been involved in legislative enterprises in this place where folks thought they could wait me out. 
simply stall ball, <laughs> don't do it, and it'll go away. Right. The 14 Farm Bill, which was the complete rewrite of ag policy, third generation, it took me two and a half years. But I and my committee, both Republicans and Democrats alike, we got it done. Now, this is unique in its own way. There are the priorities of this kind of science maybe a little different than a comprehensive farm bill. And I don't want to go two and a half years, Doc, but I'm determined this is the right course for not just the process of, of weather in this country, analysis, and, but it's also, in, I think, in the best interest of the people who work at NOAA. If they well, I want to focus their energy. But I want to kind of come to something because we're talking about NOAA as if it's just the weather agency and it does have the National Weather Service. But NOAA deals with the wet, what's called the wet side with fisheries and oceans. Oh, yes. They are the lead agency on climate. And we know that climate yes. and climate change can be a term that can kind of rankle things there up in your part of the world in Washington, D.C. So there are some that are concerned or wonder about the implications of this move in terms of NOAA and its role for climate. Can you speak to that? We'll find the right homes for the various pieces. And I suspect the lion's share, maybe not everything, but the lion's share will stay intact. Again, that's why the 22 pages to allow the flexibility legislatively uh, for implementation. Uh, is there bipartisan support for what you're trying to do? or is it? Yes. I think there's a little bit of hesitancy probably in recent weeks. I would suspect... Maybe the the establishment uh, at Commerce might be pushing a little bit back because they don't want any change. But when you have conversations with a affected community, especially privately, and I listen to stakeholders, both the people who work within and for the federal government, but the folks who receive the information, the contractors who help provide the information, because it's not just government data gathering anymore. We're taking in all sorts of information from a variety of sources. And the utilizers of that information, uh, they understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah. And this is not the first attempt at trying to do the right thing. Uh, but this what is happened? What happened? When was it? Well, tell us a little bit about that history, because I, I do recall that as well. I'm the former president of the American Meteorological Society. And I, I think there have been perhaps five different attempts. OK. Four starting in the House and one in the Senate. And of course, uh, my colleague over on the Senate side has a comprehensive bill, too, right now. But it just every time it stalls out, either by back pressure or a lack of enthusiasm. But I'm enthusiastic, Doc. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it seems to have gotten a little more traction than some of the previous attempts that I'm aware of as just a professional stakeholder mm -hmm. within the field. Uh, I, I, one one person that I talked to about this mentioned, well, we in a previous administration, there was some controversy over where a hurricane was going and things drawn on maps. And Is any of that centered around avoiding those types of things? Or Oh, Doc, in an indirect way, you put your thumb on the bottom line on this issue. I want NOAA to be able to do their job, to practice their scientific skills, and I would argue an art form, by the way, their art. I don't want them to be subject to pressure from this side or the other. When I finished my tour of duty as chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, I was asked by my Republican leadership to focus. I'd been on the Science Committee for a long time, but to focus my energy there we'd kind of slidden into a pattern of screaming about global warming one way or the other, but nothing was happening. Research programs are not being reauthorized. Th 
things were not being modernized. And I went over and spent four years as vice chairman under the great uh, chairman Lamar Smith working to develop relationships with Eddie Bernice Johnson, the ranking member at the time, and the Democrats on the committee. And when my predecessor timed out, control flipped. So instead of being chairman, I became ranking member. And for four years, I worked very successfully with chairwoman Eddie Bernice Johnson as we authorized a variety of things, uh, the science part of Chips and Science. That big step was the work of the Science Committee. We reauthorized the research programs that had not been reauthorized for a long time, the civilian side at the Department of Energy. I guess I would say the level of trust I developed my, with my Republican colleagues there, we moved from screaming about late-night TV talk show host topics to actual science and the need to move forward. That gives me an advantage, perhaps, that some of my predecessors, especially in my side of the room, haven't had in a long time. My Democrat colleagues, and I'm a Republican, of course, I think they trust me. They know that I'm sincere in what I'm trying to do. And when I say that I would like to take the politics, or shall I word it this way, the potential outside political pressures that are applied to agencies like NOAA away, they know I'm sincere. It's not just because of who's there now at the White House or last time or next time or two times ago. I want weather forecasting to be weather forecasting. I don't care what the temporary resident of that public housing at Pennsylvania Avenue cares <laughs> about. I want to know what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, 20 years from now. And we yeah. are advancing dramatically in the ability to do that if we'll just focus on the science. Well, when we come back uh, on our last segment, I'm going to ask Frank Lucas um, what the next steps are. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. And we are back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia. And we're talking with Representative Frank Lucas of the 3rd District in Oklahoma about a provocative plan, and it's it's kind of had it's appeared before. This idea of enshrining NOAA as an independent agency in in the law. I mean, putting it on the congressional books, if you will, or on the on the U.S. federal books, if you will. I guess the question that I have at this point, and I, and I know it's not around. This isn't going to be around the corner, and you somewhat alluded to that yourself earlier in the show. But what are the next steps from this point going forward? We have a based bill, about 22 pages of very simple, orderly authorization structure. Uh, it pertains to shifting NOAA resources away from a, another cabinet department and making the freestanding. We are still taking input from people. There will be more hearings. But once we have perfected language that I think uh, the overwhelming majority agree is the logical route to go, then we'll go through a markup process in the, I suspect, full committee. 
we could conceivably start this in subcommittee at science, but probably full committee. We'll work our way through that process. Then we'll work to build support on the floor to pass that document. There are proposals over on the Senate side, dramatically different uh, than what we've advocated in the House in structure and length of bill, I should say. If we're successful, then I would hope that they'll be able to move something and we would wind up in a conference committee to publicly sort out the difference. I'm an old ag committee chairman. I am a part of that process where we do farm bills in a very open public conference, the way we also do the National Defense Reauthorization Act, the way we do supposed to do appropriations. That's a good process. But let's say we get something out of the House and there are challenges in the other body. Then we reach out and begin the pro- the. The, the process, if I weren't an Oklahoma Baptist, I'd say the dance, but the process <laughs> to come towards something that both House and Senate can agree on. Uh, this is a complicated legislative session we're in, Doctor, and I acknowledge that. There's a five-seat Republican majority in the House. Uh, there's a one-seat Democratic majority in the Senate. And we're in the presidential campaign season already for the fellow down at the White House. So that makes it all the much more complicated. But by the same token, this is a place when you achieve consensus. Notice I didn't say compromise. I said consensus. When we can agree on the things that we agree on, then stuff can happen surprisingly fast. Any any sense of... I'm sure there's wind of this down on the other end of Pennsylvania Avenue. Any sense of their initial feelings about it in the executive branch? I think there's some hesitation within the bureaucracy at the White House and perhaps uh, in the senior management at Commerce over the concerns of change. That's to be expected. There's nothing unreasonable about that. But that's why we have to make the case that there's still plenty of work for Commerce to do and that this will enhance NOAA's good work And as we work through the nuances, as you said, there's a wet NOAA and a dry NOAA, and some would say an atmosphere NOAA and a space NOAA. Space NOAA, yeah. As we work through all weather, Space weather, absolutely. As we work through all those issues, we'll get there. Again, third generation farm bill took me two and a half years. I don't want to go that long, but I'll work at this as long as I have to, to get us to where we need to be. Okay, I'm going to use host privileges here while I've got you. We've got a few more minutes left. I know you are very focused on the weather. You're from mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Uh, deal with severe weather there. We've had severe weather, you know, devastate communities all over this country. And Oklahoma has been uh, hit many times by tornadoes, fires, drought, and so forth. What can just this is moving on from the bill, but what concerns you most is just not only an Oklahoman, but as a congressman about weather and where we are with weather technology forecasting. If you could wave your wand beyond this bill, what do you what do you want to see? The advances in technology are amazing. Uh, the new we- national ra- weather radar system that I hope we authorize in this session of Congress that it may be in five years' time will be up and going, will be tremendous. I'm a big proponent of not just the Oklahoma mesonet system, but a national mesonet system to supplement all that uh, and provide in-state particularly important tools and resources. Uh, I, I know that the climate is changing. I have plowed the same wheat field since 1977 in Roger Mills County, Oklahoma. And that's global industrial activity. Now, 
We have made dramatic process in reducing our emissions in the United States. Dramatic. But there are many places in the world where they're still burning and burning even more things like coal. So the other side of the science equation here is not just trying to figure out and determine and guess and estimate and forecast the weather. It's also the energy research programs we're a part of. We are investing in a big way in the United States, along with the rest of the world, and industry uh, in things like fusion power, the ultimate clean energy, zero emissions source. Now, will that be five years or 15 years, or as I tell folks at home, 100 years? I don't know. But if we don't make the investments, we'll never get there. And then in the short term, how do you use natural gas in a more efficient way? That's why we've driven down our emissions in the United States or the next generation of traditional, not fusion power, fission power, using things like sodium for coolant, not water. We have to use science and innovate so that cleaner energy resources that are cost-effective will become available and then the market will come to them. And we'll share that knowledge with the rest of the world. And we'll change the overall patterns that we're dealing with. I'm a realist doctor, but I also know my constituents want to be warm in the winter, cool in the summer. And I have to get to that, uh, I have to get to that clean, bold world in front of us for the sake of the planet in a way that my constituents not only can survive, but they'll support. Yeah. I, you know, I think your conversation here echoes something that I often talk about with my good friend, Bob Inglis, who I've worked with for many years on various committees from South Carolina, former congressman. I think that whether you got an R or a D behind your sort of affiliation there in Congress, I think your what you just said hopefully sort of shifts the mindset of those that believe that certain people don't believe something because of their political affiliation and certain people do. It's just there are different approaches. But what we need is conversation an action that's sensible. And I, I've followed your career for a long time, uh, Congressman Lucas, and I, I, I do know that people trust you on all sides of the aisle. I mean, they may disagree with some things that you're doing and they may agree, but I think that, you know, I, I think that the, the way you legislate is probably what we need more of uh, in Washington. So I, I just want to thank you for your service, first of all, the country, but also for appearing and talking to us here on Weather Geeks today. Absolutely. Pleasure to be with you. And there's an old political line back home. It goes something like there's a fine line between doing things for people and doing it to them. If they perceive that it's being done to them, they will not tolerate it. We have to do the right things for the right reasons and bring America, and for that matter, the world along with us, uh, like the Farm Bill. Two and a half yeah. years to do something that should have been six months, we got it done, and uh, and and people supported it. We're going to get there with Noah. We're going to get there on clean energy. Just have to keep working and working harder. Well, that's where we have to end it. But before we do, it's that time of the podcast and the show where I recognize this week's Geek of the Week. Uh, we like to highlight a scientist superstar, a great geologist, or a weather weenie at the end of every show. This episode's Geek of the Week is Abe Diaz. Abe is the leader of the Global Disaster Relief Program at Amazon. Uh, 
Initially working in a different department, he had a chance to volunteer in the relief effort for Hurricane Maria in 2017, which struck the island of Puerto Rico. He turned that experience and his passion into a new career. The program has donated more than $20 million in relief items to support people impacted by over 100 natural disasters around the globe. Thank you for all that you're doing, Abe. Now, if you or someone you know would be a deserving candidate for our next Geek of the Week, check out our social media pages. Congressman Lucas, thank you again for joining us on the Weather Geeks podcast. Thank you, Doc. Look forward to our next conversation. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia, and we'll see you next time. Bye.